What is going on, everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with episode 36 of the Gino Spirito podcast. I hope you all having a great Monday, May 31st. Happy Memorial Day. Thank you to all the veterans, everybody that um, has ever served, everybody that has fought um, and put their lives uh, in danger um, for you know, everybody's freedom and uh, to allow us to continue to live the life that uh, we are able to live. Um, I, I hope you all hear this, um, but we cannot thank you enough um, for all you do for, you know, not only you and, and your own families, but uh, for the rest of us and what you're able to give us through your sacrifice, through your fight, um, as uh, it, it never, never, ever will go unappreciated. And um, we I hope you all are having um, a great Memorial Memorial Day. Um, but let's get into it. I mean, it's been a while. I know um, I'm finally out of school. I'm finally officially a senior in college. I have eight classes left, about 20 um, about 24 units. Uh, I'm, I'm planning on taking four uh, classes per semester next year, um, and I will finally be done uh, with my degree in uh, multimedia productions at Cal State Northridge. Um, I was able to finish my economics minor this semester, so I'm glad that's all taken care of. Um, but unfortunately, uh, next semester for me personally, uh, I don't know about a lot of other people, uh, it will be online again, um, and I. When I say unfortunately, it, it's not that I I'm not able to do so, or I don't have the means uh, to be able to you know accommodate myself uh, in order to do online school. Um, but what I mean by this is it, it's it's just it's getting to the point now, and I I, I know a lot of others agree. I, I believe that um it's I'm ready for a change of scenery. I'm ready for um you know, this repetitive um, nature of being online to kind of be over. Um, you know, of course, regular schooling is repetitive in many ways. Uh, I mean, we've been going to school now um, for literally, you know, the majority of my life. And uh, it, it's repetitive in that way. But, um, you know, when we're talking about everything that goes on outside of school, being virtually eliminated um, other than the fact that you're still going to your classes. Uh, I believe that that's where the cycle uh, starts with um, how repetitive it has been um, in recent, um, I mean, it, just in this recent semester, I feel like it's been the hardest uh, when it comes to this. Um, but like I said, it has nothing to do with, um, you know, me being able to get the means necessary to do online school or, you know, you know, if, if it has nothing to do with also my courses and, you know, still being able to learn at the highest capability. But um, I, I really feel like, you know, those those little things that um, don't have to necessarily do specifically with, you know, the schooling aspects of school, um, whether that be, you know, casually running into somebody on campus, um, you know, talking to people before, after, even during class excuse me, during class, um, you know, like I said, not knowing who you'll be able to run to on campus and, 
you know, maybe you'll be able to catch up with somebody or some of the conversations that you may have um, just with being out on campus. Um, all of these various things have basically been replaced with you personally having to really make that effort yourself to go see your friends or go um, experience, you know, something along those lines. Um, you know, it's... It, it, and also, of course, we, we still, you know, in a pandemic, we're still uh, having, you know, there's still people that, you know, don't want to go outside or, or don't feel like it's safe quite yet to to do so. Um, and because of that, uh, you know, we're, we're continuing to find uh, more and more people uh, start to break this. But at the same time, you know, uh, trying to push within their limits. So. As I said, there are benefits, you know, being able to stay at home um, and get your work done has been a nice compliment. Um, but, you know, when you're doing your work at home, uh, it's easy to procrastinate, super easy um, with all the distractions that are already at home um, and already present around you. Uh, makes it very easy to just relax, makes it very easy to just chill, take it easy. Um, and same with, you know, waking up and, and getting stuff done. It's it's not um, really a matter of, you know, let me get my day going by, you know, getting ready for school and getting dressed, getting changed. It's um, it, it's it's turned into uh, making it a lot easier on the individual to, you know, simply lay in bed or simply sleep in a little bit longer um, because so. And I, I feel like this balance was easy to find. Uh, when we first transitioned to online school because you were still super used to, you know, the whole aspect of getting ready and um, you we were still trying to, I think that was like peak quarantine when it, it first, everybody first uh, was in it and we were all trying to motivate each other and, and get through it and really give each other valuable uh, tips and tricks on how they've been getting through it. Um, and I, I truly believe that, um, you know, once this, uh, you know, wave kind of ended, um, and I'm now preparing to go into my third, you know, full semester of online, uh, I can't help but, uh, you know, find and kind of uh, identify all the challenges that do come, you know, with being online in an online school. And um, I believe with time and just, you know, a break from it with summer, I can start to find this uh, little motivation, this, you know, this balance between, uh, work and play and, um, you know, not even work and play, work and just relax, work and just, uh, you know, uh, procrastination and, you know, just, it, it, I think, like I said, with, with some time, uh, I'll be able to, uh, I'll, I'll be able to find that, um, you know, towards the end uh, of this semester, you, you can definitely feel um, and hope that your senior year, your uh, senior semester uh, isn't online, isn't like some of these other people that are having to deal with an online graduation and the hassles of that. Um, but, you know, when you're not allowed around your friends that much uh, who are also in school with you and you're supposed to be in these classes together, but it doesn't really feel as interactive as it used to be, it, it you know, these thoughts start to creep, these thoughts start to wander. And, um, you know, it, it, it's it's life. It happens. And, you know, there's there's things that you can't control. There's things that you can't control. And this is something that, unfortunately, we haven't been able to control. And uh, we kind of just had to take it in, in the head and just continue uh, moving forward with it. So, um, you know, online school, 
may be convenient, uh, but I definitely believe that it does take away those little things um, that you get to experience with being on campus and being with your friends. Um, besides all that, though, I I'm definitely prepared for next year, like I said, and whatever there is to come, I'm, I'm super excited that I only have eight courses left in college and, and I'll be able to graduate. It's, it's just really hard to wrap my head around um, and, and finally be able to move on to the next phase of my life. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited to get the ball rolling on these internships and other things that may pop up, do, uh, you know, pop up along the road. Uh, but one thing that I know for sure is, um, you know, that uh, that's gotten me through um, all these, uh, you know, weird times uh, is definitely been sports and music. And that's exactly what we're going to get into, of course. Um, you know, let's let's start with some Padres baseball, first and foremost. Of course, if you have not been following uh, Padres baseball, I'll give you a rundown of uh, basically the month of May. Um, after taking about, uh, you know, after taking two of three from uh, the Colorado Rockies, um, unfortunately, the Padres were faced with the news that Fernando Tatis and Will Myers both tested positive for COVID, um, and that also came with Eric Hosmer, Jarrett uh, Profar, and Jorge Mateo all also needing to uh, be out due to contact tracing. So uh, four starters, um, the fifth uh, main, I mean, sub, the, ma the main sub that we have, main uh, pinch hitter, main uh, guy that we'll use against lefties, also out. Um, and with this uh, news, uh, we also, of course, were uh, having to face the Red Hot Cardinals as they came into town looking for some revenge. Um, of course, from last year's wild card matchup, uh, if you did not follow last year's postseason, um, last year uh, there was an expanded postseason in Major League Baseball. Uh, so instead of four teams making it to the playoffs, there was eight um, which led to a huge wild card, uh, a super wild card, and that's where these Padres and Cardinals faced off at Petco. Um, the Cardinals took game one, seven to four, and then in game two, uh, it looks like, um, you know, they were going to take it again as uh, they, they had a lead um, six to nothing until the bottom of the sixth inning where the Padres finally woke up for the first time in the series um, and took over game two. Um, of course, this... Uh, came with Will Myers and Fernando Tatis being only the second pair of teammates to ever hit two home runs in a uh, postseason game. Uh, and they were able to win game two 11-9, and then they were able to advance to game three and win 4 to nothing on a huge bullpen game, uh, advance to the NLDS, of course, where uh, unfortunately we got swept by the, the Dodgers. But uh, that's the, you know, that's, I guess, I don't want to say this is really a rivalry, but... Uh, you can definitely see why the Cardinals were motivated to come into Petro and, and win a couple games, uh, if not sweep, um, as, I mean, Nolan Arenado has been playing absolutely amazing. And uh, that's just, I mean, adds to how uh, significant this defense uh, plays a role in winning games for that team. Um, so coming into Petro, down four starters, down our best, uh, you know, our, our best guy coming off the bench. Um, calling up, you know, literally a bunch of AAA guys um, and getting the job done as the Padres were able to take, uh, you know, game one, um, four to five, uh, despite a two-run eighth 
Um, and a home run in the ninth by Nolan Arenado to put it to four to five. Uh, but Mark Melanson was able to close it out. Uh, game two, the gates were blown open, thirteen to three, um, as the Padres were able to take game two in this one. And then a uh, two-run first inning um, for the Cardinals in game three, which was on Sunday Night Baseball. Uh, ultimately, wasn't enough as the Padres were able to sweep and win that game five to three. Um, and, you know, kind of blow everybody away uh, in terms of um, the national audience. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if any of you guys are watching the game, but of course, a lot of people, a lot of people thought um, the Cardinals were going to win this game easily. A lot of people, uh, of course, knowing that the Padres had guys out, uh, just, you know, counting them out. Uh, just didn't think the Padres had enough. So for, for the Padres to get this sweep, I, I truly believe this is what um, they needed moving forward through the homestands. Um, and obviously this sweep carried over into the Rocky series uh, where game one was completely blown open, 7 nothing, uh, behind the brilliance of you, Darvish. What a, what a performance he, he put on this game, what a performance he's been putting on all year as he, was, he pitched for seven innings, 10 strikeouts, zero earned runs, and a four hits. Uh, and that, like I said, that game one against the Rockies was a win, 7 and nothing, bring the winning streak to five. Game two saw Blake Snell pitch the best that he is that he has in a Padres uniform as he finally went six innings, striking out 11 batters, only had one earned run, and only allowed five hits. Uh, this battle, however, uh, was different than the night before as it was pushed to extras one to one, um, and uh, this is where uh, Mark Melanson was able to hold the lead in the ninth and uh, give Jorge Mateo an opportunity to win it, of course, on second base uh, in the bottom of the 10th, as that is the new um, rule in Major League Baseball uh, in extra innings. Um, of course, Brian O'Grady had a sack bunt, um, which allowed Jorge Mateo to come to third, uh, and then Trent Grisham was up to bat. Uh, he did fall behind 0-2, but he fouled off some tough pitches, continued to fight, um, and then Daniel Bard, who was pitching for the Rockies, uh, threw a wild pitch um, on that 2-2 count, and Jorge Mateo was able to steal home, win the ball game 2-1, and this was able to push the Padres' winning streak to 5. Um, and then, of course, game 3, Joe Musgrove continued this dominant uh, pitching in the three-game series against the Rockies as he was able to go 7 innings as well, 11 strikeouts again, only two hits and zero earned runs in a route to a 3-0 victory. This was also the return of Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, as he came off uh, the IL and went 4-4, four for four, one home run, a double, and two RBIs uh, in this one. And the winning streak was now at six games as the Padres uh, headed into the last series of, of this um you know, home um, of this homestand, and they uh, saw the Seattle Mariners coming into town. Um, like I said, Fernando had returned the night before, but the Padres were looking uh, for number seven. Um, as um, this first game, however, uh, definitely was able, we were able to see uh, the Padres put on 
def one of the best performances I, I think I've ever seen by this team, not only from this year, but really ever. Uh, as four runs in both the first and second innings made uh, Chris Paddock's day a lot easier as the Padres were able to cruise to a 16, 16, yes, yeah, 16 to 1 victory over uh, the Mariners. As I said, uh, Tatis, um, second game back. Uh, returning from returning from the uh, COVID IL, uh, hit his 50th home run um, as this made him the fastest shortstop in history to record this. Uh, Jake Cronenworth and Trent Grisham were also able to homer in this one um, as it was just an absolutely offensive uh, massacre, really, of the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Chris Paddock, however, uh, pitched his best as well as he went six innings, only allowed one earned run, and he had six strikeouts. Um, unfortunately, though, Trent Grisham had to be placed on the IL after this one as uh, he injured his heel in the third inning. Um, so that was kind of the only negative of this game. Uh, but besides that, I mean, the gates were completely blown open. Um, and the Padres simply didn't stop. They, they, they just kept piling it on. Got a victory 16-1. to uh, Pushed the winning streak to 7. And on to Game 2 where the Padres um, really had uh, full use of the, the bullpen as uh, Ryan Weather started the game off. Went 4 innings. Uh, uh, Denelson Lamette piggybacked off him. Went 3. And then uh, Trade Stammen and, Adams and, and, and um, Austin Adams uh, went for one inning, and then Mark Melanson, of course, uh, had the save in the ninth. Uh, but these th the three errors that happened by uh, Seattle were definitely costly in this one and, and led to the lead uh, for the most part as uh, the Padres were able to uh, capitalize and uh, push, the, push the game 6-1. Uh, Seattle did have three runs in the ninth, but it just wasn't enough at that point as the Padres were able to win 6-4. Push their winning streak to eight, and then game three. Of course, I'm I'm gonna sound like a robot whenever I talk about you, Darvish. But yet again, we were able to see why he is the ace of this team, as he he was able to go seven innings. He did allow a uh, season high seven hits, and uh, and or I mean not and, but he only gave up one earned run and had five strikeouts. Uh, Fernando Tatis fourth game back. Uh, from the IL at this point, uh, ha finished the game with six RBIs, two home runs, one being a grand slam. Slam Diego is back. Uh, that was in the seventh inning, pushed the lead to 8-1, to and then the Padres were able to hold on for a 9-2 to victory. The Padres were uh, able to completely sweep the home stands uh, for the first time since May 15th to May 24th of uh, 2009. Um, that was also only the second time they've ever done that in franchise history. Uh, Fernando Tatis in the process uh, during the uh, Seattle Mariners series um, and the one game of the Rocky series. 786 batting average, four home runs, uh, 2.752 OPS, 12 RBIs, three stolen bases, um, nine hits, five runs, four doubles, and, you know, one only and, and in that span also only one strikeout i mean the man was just purely purely ridiculous uh as he also was uh now uh the fastest padre in history with 50 home runs 200 hits 100 runs uh you know ran in and um just one awesome swag chain for manny machado uh as the padres were able 
um, to secure first place in the NL West um, for the first time all year um, and go into Milwaukee with all the momentum in the world. However, they did run into uh, the Brewers pitching that has been lights out this season as well. Uh, and that was uh, what prevented this uh, winning streak going any further as the Padres uh, dropped the first game in the series 3-5. to five, Were able to bounce back in games 2-3, and three, win 7-1 and 2-1, and then eventually drop game 4 and split the series with the Brewers 6-5. to five. Uh, So the, the, the series was 2-2. Two, two. Um, and this was able to also uh, push Fernando Tatis' totals for the year to three on, a 309 average, uh, 14 home runs, 724 slug, uh, 10 stolen bases, which is also first, and 1.111 OPS. Uh, and then Padres pitching as well, 2.59 ERA, which is first in the MLB, 30 wins, first in the MLB, 18 saves, first in the MLB, 498 Ks first, uh, and 1.09 whip, which is third. So... Absolutely dominant by the pitching staff and by our best player. Um, and that also led uh, to the final uh, series um, that I will be talking about. And that is the that is the Astro series. As uh, this series was just absolutely, absolutely insane. Um, of course, game one, two to one, two to one until uh, the... Um, until the top of the eighth, where Fernando Tatis was able to hit his 14th home run of the year, uh, able to uh, tie the game up 2-2, two to two, and then that is where we saw uh, the game hold, and uh, both teams were able to uh, push it to extras. Both teams were able to score a run in the 10th, um, and then that is where uh, a seven-run, seven-run 11th inning uh, basically secured the victory for the Padres. The Astros really didn't do much in the 11th as they were able to win 10 to three, uh, another combat victory for the combat kids. Um, and then in game two, uh, probably an even crazier story. The Padres down six to one, six to one, uh, in the eighth inning. Uh, this, this, uh, was able to then be pushed, uh, to six to three. And then, um, in the ninth, the top of the ninth, Manny Machado was able to work a walk. Jake Cronenworth lined a single to right. Uh, both of these coming with two outs. Um, and then Fernando Tatis Jr. comes up to bat with both runners on first and second. First pitch almost hits him in the face, uh, which was uh, not the first time the Astros tried to hit him all day. Uh, so he definitely looked a little pissed off after this one. Uh, second pitch. Uh, he popped it out to first, uh, fouled round, and uh, definitely could have been a routine foul ball catch, and uh, the game would have been over because there was two outs in the top of the ninth, and the Astros were the home team. Uh, but the first baseman actually, uh, he didn't even drop the ball. He just, he, it looked like he had tripped over um, the side of uh, just where the stands are. I don't know if he just lost his uh, footing. Um, and he was not able to uh, secure, um, you know, his foot at all as he slipped and uh, dropped what would have been the uh, game-ending catch. Uh, and like I said, this was the second pitch. And then the third pitch, uh, right after that, hanging curveball right down the middle of the plate. Fernando Tatis hit a bomb, tied the game up at sits and uh, pushed this to extras as well. Um, and in extra innings, of course... Um, we were able to see um, 
for the first time ever, the Padres uh, playing a fourth straight game that uh, went to extra innings, um, as well as a uh, victory uh, that was capitalized by Will Myers' three-run blast um, in the uh, top of the 12th, which made uh, this game um, 11-8, and that would eventually be the uh, final score of the game. Um, like I said, uh, I think it's crazy. The Astros had a 99.6% chance to win the game with two outs in the ninth, um, and for that to turn uh, super fast and uh, super not in their favor very fast uh, as Fernando Tatis tied it and pushed it to extras and for them to somehow some some way win this game too uh purely ridiculous uh the astros had won 527 straight home games when leading by five plus runs in the eighth inning or later uh as their last loss when um when uh leading by five plus runs in the eighth inning or later happened in 1981 so it's been a long time since the astros had uh, completely choked the way they did, uh, but thank God that the Padres were on the uh, winning side of this choke job. Um, but unfortunately, in uh, Game Three of the series, the Astros were able to get right, able to kind of uh, shake off all of the um, all of the last inning her heroics, uh, all the extra inning heroics of the Padres, and they were able to win seven to four. Uh, and then the Padres started a new series against the Cubs today. Uh, in Chicago, and um, Fernando Tatis was able to uh, tie the lead leader of Vladimir. Uh, I don't know how to say his last. Vladimir, what? How do you say his last name on the Blue Jays? Uh, absolute stud, absolute. I mean, I've never seen somebody hit the ball as hard as he does. Um, and uh, he was able to tie him with uh, his lead leading 16th home run um, of the year. And uh, unfortunately, this just wasn't enough as the Cubs hit a total of five home runs today. Chris Paddock uh, definitely got the worst of it as three home runs um, came off of his pitching um, as the Cubs cruised to a victory 7-2. to Hopefully, the Padres will be, able to be, bounce we'll, we'll be able to bounce back tomorrow uh, after this performance. But, um, you know, like I said, a nine-game homestand sweep has not happened only ever has only ever happened one other time in Padres history. Um, the combats in, in Houston, the uh, you know fights against Milwaukee and the pitching, um, you know and and today you know it's it's unfortunate. You know the, the team's tired. I know that they're still having to play. I mean to, the the next day off is June 10th, so they still got to play another 10, 11 straight games um, in a row. Um, you know, the pitching was able to be reset by Joe Musgrove coming in uh, for relief for uh, Blake Snell on um, game th in, in game three in Houston uh, and, and really give that bullpen a break after all those extra inning games uh, as Blake Snell pitched for for uh, four innings and then I mean three innings and then Joe Musgrove finished it off with the uh, final four or five. Uh, but obviously he didn't have to pitch in the ninth because Houston was at home, like I said. Um, so, uh, the bullpen was able to get a rest day on Sunday, but today not really much you can do when the Cubs are just hitting home runs the way they did, not really keeping the ball in the park. Um, but 
capitalizing on uh, you know playing this this tough competition. I think it's only going to make the team better. Uh, the Brewers series, we ch- we should have gotten game four, but uh, splitting against the Brewers with that that pitching is 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 good. I'll take it. Uh, and then beating a Houston Astros team, uh, winning the series in Houston two to one. Um, and with the hero with the late game heroics that uh, this team displayed, I'll, I'll take that any day of the week. Um, you know, I, I won't take the pitching and um, how uh, tired uh, all of our all of our guys must be at the moment. Uh, that's kind of the only downfall uh, that came with all of those extra inning heroics and um, everything that came with uh, you know having to play four four games in a row in extras. Um, but uh, you know, as long as we're getting dubs, as long as the team's continuing to fight, continuing to push, always, um, you know, giving, um, the, you know, an opportunity to win the game, uh, never really giving in and giving up uh, when there's so many chances and so many opportunities to do so. Um, I think that this team's only headed in the right direction um, when we're talking about that. Um, and it, it's just so much fun to watch. I mean, if you're from SD, uh, of course, I know I'm a huge Chargers fan still, but um, you know if you're if you're going around anywhere in SD, everybody's talking about the Padres. Everybody's watching these games. Everybody's just so freaking excited about what this team is doing, what this team is continuing uh, to put on and show for the city of San Diego, and um, just kind of putting putting this uh, whole entire franchise on the map once again. It's it's been so long. Um, and, and there, we just have the star power and the pitching for once to do so, uh, maybe make a real run at this world series, uh, title. Um, but you know, it's crazy that last year the season would be done in literally six games. The season, the regular season would be done in six games. Um, if it were last year right now. Um, but this year it's like, we got, a hundred and I think a hundred and one hundred no not a hundred and one I think there, we played fifty four games so far or fifty five uh, I think we're thirty four and twenty one after the loss today um, so actually we have five games five games um, if the regular season was last year and that leaves about a hundred and seven games left for the regular season so just craziness um, and like I said if if you're from San Diego and uh, you know you're you, Maybe you're not super into baseball or you kind of are and you, you've kind of been following, you know, here and there. I, I just highly recommend you start watching these games. I highly recommend you start following this team because, you know, there's just something new every night. As I just I just went through the past month of May and it's been complete wildness. A nine game homestand, uh, crazy extra inning combats, uh, fighting uh, this brewer, this brewers top team. Uh, this Bre- Brewers top pitching team, um, you know, this team just has so much fight, so much grit, and I feel like that's why the city of San Diego can really relate to this team. A bunch of hard workers in San Diego, a bunch of people that, um, you know, continue to push forward, never allow no to be an answer, um, and continue to fight, really, uh, regardless of what's in front of them, what the obstacle they have to face is. Uh, so it's it's really fun to watch. It's really fun to root for, and Trust me, if, if you uh, have nothing to do and you know the Padres are playing, I promise you, you will have a great time watching the game and you have a blast and you're going to get hooked uh, faster than you uh, probably expect uh, to this team. And, um, 
you know, it's just something to root for, something uh, that everybody can really get behind, and, and it's just so much fun. So uh, I'm excited to uh, get these podcasts rolling again. Um, you know, I'm finally on summer break, and like I said, it's life is good, life is great. I'm, I'll, I'll be back posting an episode tomorrow, um, and, uh, you know, I just hope you all have a great rest of your Memorial Day, um, and I will see you all soon. Thank you so much.